Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. And finally, Aloha. Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. So let's just have some generic check-ins. How are you all doing with the timeline before we get into steps 14 and 15? Just overall, anybody want to offer some comments on what they're experiencing as they're pulling their timeline together? I am experiencing that as new experiences come into my life, I'm putting them on my timeline. I'm experiencing the whole feeling of, wow, there's more skills I'm learning now (laughs) that I don't even know if I'm sure if I'm prepared for these things. I'm going through them. That is learning, no matter what. You have to go through. Exactly. You got it. I know for me the timeline has been interesting. It's been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. My son came to visit today and we had a meal together. He goes over to the timeline and goes, geez, you put some stuff in here. He said, now where am I? <laughs> <laughs> and and so I think, Dad, you need to focus on our relationship and this area right here. You know that we had way back then? That goes right there. And then it opened the door for some conversation. Man, that was tough. It was wonderful, but but it gave him a chance to vent some stuff he'd never had a chance to really vent before. Mm. Boy. (laughs) He also pointed something out. My blessed to have children that are brilliant beyond their years. Here's my 18-year-old son. He's looking at this. He sees that I'd written the word failure several times. He says, Dad, failures? Are they? Come on. What did you always tell me? They always tell me that they're not failures, they're opportunities for growth, right? How did you grow that failure and that failure? <laughs> he turns around. Wow. 
And I'm serious. It was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it blew my mind. Yeah, I feel so proud. Same time, just so overwhelmingly proud. <laughs> yeah. Who knew the timeline could be a board game for the entire family? <laughs> <laughs> Game. <laughs> Are you bored? Have I got a game for you? <laughs> I for ages five and up. I came to realize during this timeline that I was going through the events of my first marriage. I thought I wanted to get back together with, not get a divorce. And then I was upset that we didn't get back together. But I came to realize that it was the best thing that we never got back together again in my first marriage with you know, the other father of my three mm. children. Mm. I went back over all the events and things that happened, all through my head, all this stuff that came back. I realized everything that I had been through. I said, thank God we didn't get back together again. Cindy, when you're basically what I call sneezing on the paper, as we're doing our timelines, we're, well, some people have told me they're throwing up on the paper sometimes, literally, but as we're getting thoughts that are whirling around in our head onto paper, what are you noticing about that chatter in your head? What am I noticing? I don't know. Is it less? I need the chatter in my head to know what I need to put on the paper, though. You know what I mean? And I would think that putting it on paper would probably be less, yes. As we're getting it out onto paper, has anybody noticed that the mind chatter, the perfectionist, the judge, the critic, the control person, all these chaos committee members, are you noticing they're going, oh, you wrote that down. Now there's a little more quiet in your mind. Anybody? Yes. When I would look at my timeline, I would get to a point where I was like, whoa, I don't know if I want to even go there and think about it. The moment I would start looking at it, going through it and exploring it, it did quiet my mind down because I realized that's the past. It's finished. I don't need to sit there and worry about it anymore. It's done. I'm just going to go on with my life right now in the present. You can, mm-hmm. I more or less was able to just bless it in my own way. Poof, the chatter's gone. Amazing how that works. <laughs> <laughs> One general observation I found in regards to the timeline of it and everything that I've been doing is I've been seeing a consistency of how I'm really changing my thought patterns when I have more empowering beliefs than limiting beliefs. So mm. I'm seeing that my relationships, because I, I need to go back to, yes, last week's topic, have improved because of that, and my business has improved because of that. So it really starts to improve every aspect once you start looking at it from that perspective. Cool. Thank you. Let's dive in to steps 14 and 15. As you've noticed, this book is laid out in a format that one exercise builds upon the next, builds upon the next. It's kind of like the, is it the Russian doll 
stackable doll thing. I mean, you've got the teeny tiny teeny tiny little doll in the middle, the very middle, and then you've got the huge one at the very end. <laughs> as you've noticed, as I've asked you to reflect on what you've written in your Worth Passports, steps 14 15, we're looking at what happened for you when you completed chapters 2 and 3, and you started charting out your skills. You started charting out your significant milestones, people that have helped shape the person you are right now. I'd like to hear some just general stories about what was it like charting out the skills and those mentors. Rick had brought something up to my attention when he told the story on the inside of our water cooler about a gentleman who really influenced him in a surprising way. And it reminded me of my first two years of college, you know, where, again, if I had put it up on the timeline weeks ago, it would have been two years of floundering. It would have been like, oh, you got nothing done. I remember during that time that I was always attracted to the, all the folks that were off the grid, that were like the underbelly of, of local society, folks nobody else wanted to look at or wanted to give a darn about or they ignored or they thought that person was nuts. I was attracted to them. I would go and sit down, have coffee with them, treat them to a meal. I had one guy who lived on the street, and he taught me to shoot pool. <laughs> and those billiards lessons were lifeless. I've got names up on my timeline now. Those names are up on my timeline, as many as I can remember, and then I put in many more, because I learned all kinds of lessons because I made the choice that I want to get to know this person because there's something here that other people aren't going to tell me. I just had a hunch. Postponed my judgments, postponed my limiting beliefs. I postponed all the stuff mom and dad told me don't do. <laughs> just allowed myself to explore. Didn't get harmed, but sure learned a lot about stuff that I don't think I would have learned anywhere else. David, am I hearing you correctly? You're beginning to see the layers of the layers of the layers of multiple onions all at the same time? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> in that same time frame were lessons from a very prominent mentor in my life. He'd come into my life way back in high school. Those lessons were mixed in there, too. There were lessons from a young man who I worked with. He decided he was going to opt out of his earth suit. There was that lesson in there. There were layers and layers and layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're beginning now to look more objectively, is what I'm hearing in your voice. Is that accurate? Very much so. Good. That objectivity is key for us to get into where we're going with this exercise. That is finding the patterns, finding the themes. Our objectivity is needed there because otherwise, lack of objectivity, getting caught in the dramas and traumas and the judging all of the analysis, got to analyze. This timeline exercise, if you cut your analyzer loose on it, you'd probably all say, Saul, it's really been nice talking to you. It's been a fabulous class. Um, I got to go. <laughs> Our explorers getting into the objectivity mode is really key. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. And that was triggered off of Rick's post. This is Rick. I see a lot of patterns in my life from doing the timeline exercise. I spent about 20 hours just making lists of 
my financial stuff. I thought, well, heck, I'm going to chart the surfboards that I've had. Nice. Uh, because some of the surfboards, like this one surfboard I had, I rode a 50-foot wave. That time, wow. uh, I was making more money than I ever made in my life, and I had more freedom. Right around there, I fell off the wagon, went back into society, thought that I was unworthy of my position. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so wow. it's really been really interesting to me that I've taken the 180, took that position again that I had back in my 20s, and I'm steadfast now, and I'm staying there, mm. if you know what I mean. You found your zone. Now you know how to get back in, stay in the zone. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. I knew where my zone was before I started making the timeline, but it really confirmed it. What confirmed it was the income, the freedom, the surfboard, the size of the wave that I had, the passion, the exuberance that I was living life then, the happiness that I was able to hold in my heart, demonstrate. So it, it reminded me of all that and that I'm at the same place now, but I'm an old man, but it don't matter. Old man. <laughs> I think Agnes might have something to say about that, but I digress. <laughs> I don't. People go like that, but I'm almost 60 years old and I'm still riding 20-foot waves. And you don't see many old guys out there putting their whatever, their cojones on the line. So <laughs> you see the... Hey, I'm pretty old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I like the fact, Rick, that, correct me if I'm just putting words in your mouth, the energy that I'm picking up as I check in with you more on the metaphysical level, that whole shaman stuff, your stride, what I picked up was is you questioned your stride. You started following other people's wisdom that on the surface level, seemed correct. It was in conflict on a deeper level. Now you've recognized that your path, your stride, which helped you find success in many ways early on, getting back in touch with that, you're going to be a thermal nuclear explosion when it comes to success. I already am, sir. (laughs) Okay. I recognize that. Everybody wants to have a home in Hawaii, wants to live debt-free, wants to, I'm not saying I don't have any problems or any issues that I need to deal with or grow or anything like that. I recognize I already have and done what most of these big money guys want to do. Then they don't find purpose in their life, so then they go out and they have to find another purpose. I found a purpose just in living Mm -hmm. itself, loving, just sitting on the porch here. I learned from the grass flowing, from the wind, from the plants growing. I have another line on my thing that I'm doing for plants because I have an affinity toward plants, growing plants for all my life. Some of the years that I was the happiest, I grew the best plants. One of the things that I've enjoyed with everybody on your timeline journeys is I'm actually feeling from you individually and collectively more calmness. There's things beginning to fall into place that's providing a level of stability. At least that's what I'm picking up. Now, I'm always looking at the positive things. So <laughs> if that's not correct, correct me. If you still feel chaotic, you don't have that piece that I'm talking about. Just correct me. Well, Cheryl's blog entry, 
you've got me curious. Your patterns that you're beginning to see and the ripples that you're beginning to see from what you're doing, aren't those ripples amazing? Yeah, amazing. (laughs) I don't know that those ripples have been really good. I don't know exactly where they're going to take the future. Some of the things all the way back in the 80s just keep rippling here and there throughout my life. Some good, some horrible things along the same line, then good again. So, yeah, it's really interesting how things will go up and down, just keep popping back in. How they jerk with your emotions, if you let them. (laughs) No kidding. Cheryl, are you also beginning to see how deep roots are of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? Oh, definitely. Yep. All the way back to before I can remember why I'm feeling that way even. (laughs) I think a lot of mine are rooted from early childhood. A lot of it is really hard to shake loose. We moved from being near my family and my very domineering mother many years ago. That really helped because she was one of those that would put the guilt complex on you. I grew from not being under her thumb to be able to do that every second. So, yep, life goes on. (laughs) That's for sure. As you've noticed, part of our exercise on the timeline, as you begin to start staring at it, stare at it for five minutes and walk away. Stare at it for 10 minutes while you're having lunch or a cup of something. Just stare at it. If it's at all possible, allow your guide to be curious. I wonder where that will lead to. I wonder if you start hearing, oh, that was stupid. Oh, that was right. Oh, that was great. That's a good cue that your analyzer's kicked back in. I invite you to tell your analyzer to take a nap. (laughs) The more you envision the timeline, the more your subconscious will start working on meaning. And as we get into the next bits of our journey with the timeline, looking for patterns, looking for cycles, we'll begin to see the roots of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry where we can finally eradicate them. And you can be free of that doubt, of that worry, of that feeling of shame. Be free from it. Marsha, I know over the past nine months, your level of freedom from those four critters has just been utterly fascinating and joyful, yeah? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. I'm in the present more, and I see the future so nicely coming together, and I get excited about that. So my mind just doesn't have time to look at that thing in the past that is over with. It's done. If it comes back to me, I will know how to handle it better. I will know how to handle it because I think for me... My husband and I had separated. He had gone his way. I was on my own. I had never really had a chance to really learn what it's like to be on my own. <laughs> Believe me, it was interesting when my family left from Hawaii to Boston before I did. I was on my own. I went through a period then where it was, wow. I couldn't imagine being on my own. And here I was on my own having to 
pay my own bills, this and that. Now I'm in a better place with Boston because I'm back with family and I get to spend time with my mom, my brother. It feels good that I do have family around me again because my kids are on their own right now. They're standing up on their own, which is kind of good because they're not coming to me saying, Mom, can you borrow some money? Because <laughs> they know already. I don't have that right now. <laughs> Sorry. They have been trained to stand up on their own. I'm really proud of that with my kids. Now I come here and get in this program called Pay Me What I'm Worth, who's showing me all my worth value. That has been amazing, taking it to the top. <laughs> Is this an accurate statement? Would you agree or disagree to this statement? That this journey that you're taking is of and by and for yourself? Absolutely. I'd say yes and no. I'd say let's look at it like this. I think I'm doing it for me, obviously. When I get the skills, I get better. I start looking at life different ways. and I start proving at what I'm doing naturally going to affect other people. I don't want to take that out of the equation. I definitely want to look at the fact that once I start learning how to get pay me what I'm worth and teach others and I can teach others these skills and I can create even some of my own courses and uh, books and teach more to people. There's definitely that aspect of that I don't want to leave out. Well then, Kareem, you will replicate a virus that is systemic in many training programs. Mr. Paul probably can point out what that virus is. I've seen it so many times. I go through my timeline and I can see the virus. Unfortunately, unless I can really stop, what I found for myself is to find peace inside of me. I learned this the hard way over decades that until I can maintain a level of peace inside of me, whatever gifts or whatever skills or whatever tools I have for others, they miss the mark. It's almost unexplainable. It's like it shouldn't make sense, but it does. One of the things that I, I found myself just getting up and writing on the timeline this afternoon after I had that aha moment from Rick was the notion of doing more with less effort. Bingo. Effortless creation. I never could. I'm like, as an oxymoron, there's no darn way that can happen. There's no way that's possible. There's got to be effort. There's got to be some kind of action. There's got to be something. Every single time I've found success in my life, it's because I allowed the good thing. I allowed the love. I allowed myself to be at peace. I allowed the very best to come forth. I got myself the heck out of the way mm-hmm. every time. Setting the stage nicely for the second part of the virus, if something happens to me, Marsha, or anybody else on Team Seekers, that impedes, that stops, that blunts your own journey, then I've created a poorly designed program. Why do I say that? I think you're saying that because everyone is responsible for themselves, and that's the big thing that I'm getting from the course, too that you have to be responsible for your own kuleana. (laughs) Yep. As you ripple that, Rick, into your teaching, think about this. How many times in your own lifetime 
have you heard of someone who is some high-ranking guru or some, some, oh, my God, they had millions of people following them. Then they, something happened to them. Either the plane crashed into the tree or there was a scandal or there was something. Well, whatever happened to that, quote, leader affected all of the followers. It very well could put into question what that leader was teaching. Yeah? Yes. What you all are learning about yourself what you're learning about your skills, what you're learning about the people you seek to teach, the people that you seek to teach you, is yours and yours only. To help you be able to step into that light, one of the most cherished gifts that the teachers that I've had, that I just, again, like David's saying, it's hard to put into words. I am not allowed to say their names because they all tell me if I say it, I own it. Even if I say word for word what they have told me, I still have to own it. There's no scapegoating them. If whatever I'm saying is all of theirs and I'm becoming quite successful, it's my success, not their success. When people say, oh, soul, because of you, da 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 no, oh, uh-uh, no. <laughs> You're the one that, that's done the work. Take 100% of the success and savor it. When I own my own success, that tells me where I'm at. Kareem, if you think that, I understand what you're trying to say, Kareem, that your journey does impact other people. Yes, that is true. It is very true. Every single person on this journey is going to impact the world in some form or shape. However, when we look at the reverse side of it, whatever's happening with those people because of what you're doing if you allow that to affect you, you're going to find yourself in the middle of a lot of chaos. What I meant is I enjoy doing something. If you've ever been to a concert or to a sporting event and people start to really get into the energy of something, and other people go, I'm not deliberately doing this. I'll just be doing better for myself. And other people will be like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he so happy? Shouldn't he be depressed like everybody else? <laughs> then that's what I was saying do you see how you set yourself up for burnout let me reframe this one of the more successful retreats that I do is when after I've got everybody settled in we've got the retreat up and running I kickstart I prime it such that let's say it's a four-day retreat by four hours into the retreat I'm no longer needed because I've created the space for all the retreatants to step into their own leadership roles, to start flowing with the material. At the end of the retreat, I'll get up and say, did you perchance notice that you've been here for four days, but I've only talked to you for about four hours? <laughs> that to me is a successful retreat. You all have wisdom to share. I can create the space for you to share that wisdom. That's what we're doing as we get into our timelines. As you're getting into your own bowl of wisdom, that's what this timeline is. It's your bowl of wisdom, wisdom that you're aware of, wisdom that you're becoming aware of, wisdom you're going, hmm, what's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> We've had a couple of months now since we completed Chapter 2. Step 14 was asking you to consider plotting your skills. Now that we've had about 60 days of marinating and a fresher awareness of our skills, I'd like to hear some feedback on What's come up for you as you've become more aware of your skills? 
So one of the things then when I've had a chance to put my skills, when I've had a chance to put them to use in something really constructive, and every time it's, it was like a highlight on my timeline. It was a highlight of my life. Well, the big success come for me when I got an opportunity to just do something that really have a lot of skills in, and it's a lot of fun to do. And that seems to be the combination. I've got a bunch of skills, a whole bunch of fun. The results of all historically have just been like, they've been my big moments of big joys. The mm. big, big moments of, holy cow, I got to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made a difference. So you're noticing, David, that as you chart out your skills, you're beginning to notice like a piece of music that has the crescendos that as all of a skill set comes into harmony, that there's a crescendo of success? Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Sneaky, huh? (laughs) 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 Got to get the laugh in there at least once during the call. As we're charting things out, you're going to start seeing some crescendos. They're based on your skills. When it came to my skills, I was really blown away that I had all those skills. I know that I can confirm that I have many skills just because I know so many people that don't have those skills. It's amazing I had overlooked those kind of skills because I had at one point thought, well, most people know those skills. It's not true. When I started realizing that, I started taking a look at all those skills. I was like, there's not going to be enough room on the paper to put all those skills. Mm-hmm. On my timeline, I was saying that there is not going to be enough room on the timeline to keep adding skills. <laughs> <laughs> just You're going to have timeline version two. <laughs> oh, my goodness, because I'm thinking of all the skills I also want to learn for yeah. future. I'm, like, blown away because most of my skills came from learning on my own some of the things mm. that I had to learn. I used avenues like YouTube to learn how to do things. And then as I started learning more and more things of how to do things, it just seems to, like it just blossoms. Before you know it, you're learning all kinds of skills. You don't even realize that each little action you're taking is a skill. Every time you use the word you, you're actually meaning Marcia Me. Sortino. Yes, right? okay. I don't even realize that every little action <laughs> that I take, whether it's opening up the browser or learning about my browser. Every little action I take, it's a skill because I'm realizing there's so many people that don't know how to do that. Still today, even in my area of Boston, I was shocked. They might have a computer in their home, but they have never even sent out an email to one person. They don't know how to use their computer. I was like, oh my goodness. Wow. Yes, in Boston. Marsha's opening up her tutorial 101 email class she will come in and help you turn your computer on (laughs) (laughs) i love it rick you were about to mention something this course is very deceiving in that yeah (laughs) yeah good (laughs) for me like i did a lot of study back in the 80s i think on energetic work psychic work and energy healing became a reiki master did a lot of stuff like that so i just put it in my back pocket and didn't use the skills or develop them 
they develop sort of on their own. It's like a weed in a garden or something like that, right? You can't just sort of develops, even though you don't actively share it, the energy with someone else. They just develop over time, I believe. This program, it has opened up that avenue again to where that I have a totally different perspective than I had back when I was learning all these things in that work the way that they told you it works. I know that. <laughs> like, I guess I'm using esoteric methodology. This course has opened that up again for me. Am I putting that in the correct way? So I don't know how to explain it well. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I'm going to be offering, starting the spring equinox of 2016, pay me what I'm worth by and for energy workers only. That makes and a lot of sense. And it'll take this whole... It'll take this process to a way different level. Most light and energy workers, they don't know how to ask to be paid what they're worth. Often nine out of ten, they're living hand to mouth. It's time that stops. That's a cool idea. You're correct. You are absolutely correct on that. I don't understand the energy thing about money, about energy exchange on that level. You're right. We need Mm -hmm. to learn. Other thoughts about skills, now that you've had a chance to really ruminate, marinate in the fact that you've got hundreds of thousands of skills swarming around you at any given moment, has that really sunk in yet? I've just been listening a lot, absorbing a lot of what you guys have been talking about. For once, I'm shutting my mouth because instead of talking, I want to learn how to listen more. I want that skill to become more prolific because when you listen to people, they become more interested in you and more attracted to you and what you do. The thousands of skills that we possess blows my mind. This timeline I've been working on, I've been taking my time with it. I've finished two sections of it, my financial timeline, my health timeline. Now I have to work on the relationship timeline. And I'm like, oh, uh, because <laughs> so many people have come and gone through my life. Some of that's been my doing, some of that's been their choice, some of that's been a mixture of both. I'm really going to have to dig deep with this third part of it. Really You're going to get into your soil and your granite of who you are, Chris. Yes, sir. I know that as I keep going with this course that I finally feel like I've found what I'm supposed to be doing, I think being a life coach is going to be the most rewarding thing in the world for me, helping people to discover their true potential their true purpose in life. Those who want Bingo. it, that is. Thank you, sir. No, my pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Chris, you highlight why my face is all wrinkled up in smiles most of the time. The fact that what I do, yes, I pay income tax on the money that I earn, but there's no tax on the fact that each and every one of you are waking up to a fuller you gives me a sense of passion and direction to keep on going that it's practically indescribable. It's that awakening of potential people. We've talked about this before, haven't we, Marsha? It's that awakening of potential. As I witness Marsha stepping into her potential, I'm like, yes! (laughs) Yes, it feels good to ripen. (laughs) It really helps to do that timeline because Boy, can you ripen. (laughs) I can ripen, that's for sure. I can tell because of the way I'm feeling. Cheryl, you alluded to that 
in your blog posts. You're beginning to see, you're beginning to smell, you're beginning to taste, you're beginning to hear some patterns and some themes. When did you first notice that? What tipped it for you? Oh, gosh. I don't know, way back when I first got married the first time, I guess. I noticed that when something new would come into my life, like I would get married or we'd move or when I had our daughter and everything, that a lot more things, I seem to be, I don't know, happier, do a lot more things, more excited about life, I guess, is one of the patterns I noticed. I had a lot more flowers in certain areas. <laughs> Aha! It's that clustering that's happening on your timeline. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Even my daughter walks in, how come this is a big space with nothing? I said, well, gosh, I guess this happened here, which triggered this, this. a whole bunch of things in one area, then a big place where not very many things happened. Yeah. It's real interesting to note that. Now, can I give you a little bit of a mind bender on that blank space? Yes. That blank space is your integration time. Mm, yeah. Think about it. As we go through a heightened period of learning or growth or change, there is an equal amount of time that our body emotionally, physically, spiritually has to adjust. The new wiring has to get installed. The old wiring has to dissolve, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed with myself when I change modes like that, my body will just kick into an overload. I don't feel good for a few days. I know that everything's readjusting. Then you go from there. It's real interesting that way. I drink lots of water. Very good. Water is key. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you have a feeling, whether that's a good feeling, a bad feeling, a not sure feeling, a whatever feeling, how many of you sense you're being rewired? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a yes from Cheryl. Anybody else? <laughs> well, you got a yes from me, only I'm so busy that I don't even recognize that I'm being rewired. <laughs> You're rewired just letting it happen. <laughs> what was that, Rick? I said rewired and replumbed. <laughs> that, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm putting in the heavy-duty copper this time. part of the reason why we take two months on this is because ladies and gentlemen just by staring at your timeline just by literally taking it in you're rewiring at very deep subconscious levels the more you can get onto that timeline the more you put into it the more house cleaning is going to happen while you sleep The more rewiring is going to happen that Agnes was, I recall a conversation Agnes had a couple of classes ago where she's finding her voice and she's being able to speak her voice with friends. Now, the fact that some of those friends may not necessarily be part of her life because all of a sudden, maybe for the first time, Agnes has finally been genuinely true, opens up the space for those people that you can be genuinely true with, that you want in your life, yeah? Yeah. Those blank spaces, leave them, be. It's not necessary 
to have every single square inch of your timeline filled with something. If there's a blank space there, yum. <laughs> I would say that that's integration time. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's a plateau of time. It's a time of, okay, all systems go for a little while here. Bingo. Exactly. There's a fascinating book. It's one that made me, I could read about four pages at a time. It was about a 400-page book. It was called Into the Cool, The Thermal Dynamics of Life. And they were taking the two basic principles of physics, trying to put it into layperson's paradigms. One of the basic concepts of nature is nature abhors a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. We've, heard all, we've heard that before, nature abhors a vacuum, yeah? Right. What do you think's behind that? Everything I take in will come out. <laughs> yep. Whether it's good or bad, it has to come out in some shape, form, or manner. Mm-hmm. It's cleaning house. Ever clean a closet, and now you've got space in the closet, and it's really tempting to go out and go shopping? <laughs> <laughs> you've got space for new blouse or new pair of pants or some new shoes or whatever, and it's like it's really tempting to go shopping? Has that ever happened? <laughs> in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in the past. <laughs> Have you ever cleaned your address book now you might find these feelings of aloneness meaning all of a sudden you really took a hard look at your contact list there's an exercise that i'll offer you just for grins and giggles that i warn you in advance this is a sobering exercise this can play into chapter three the mentors people in your life the exercise goes like this i ask that you print out a list of names. Gather them all together, whether they're on your phone, your computer, your paper address book, business cards, whatever it is, just print out a list of names. Then take a few moments, write a definition, a two or three sentence definition to what you would describe to be a positive person, a neutral person, a negative person. In your own words, in your own feelings, if you think of someone and you think of them positively, what would that definition look like? And write it down. If you think of someone and they really don't strike you as either being a positive or a negative person, that would be your definition for a neutral person. Then whatever characteristics you want to write when you think of someone and they immediately strike you as a negative person, what are their traits? What are their characteristics? Just two or three sentences, make your definitions, read those definitions, get them into your mind, really solid. And when you're ready, get a timer. Unless you've got thousands of people on your list, I would say you get one minute per 100 people. Set your timing accordingly. Let's say you've got 200 people on your list. You would set your timer for two minutes. Your goal, as rapidly as you can without engaging your ego at any point, is you either put a plus sign, a hash mark, or a minus sign. Plus sign, obviously, positive person. Hash mark, meaning neutral person. Negative sign, meaning negative person. You scream through your list. You're a race through that list. Just put a plus, hash, or negative. Scream through the list. See what happens. It's very sobering. Those people, I tell, this is one of the things that I do in my private coaching. When you come up with your pluses and your minuses, I ask you to rank them. Who are your top 10 for pluses and top 10 for negatives. I invite you to write a love letter 
a thank you letter, some type of letter, literally a handwritten letter to your top 10 positives, letting them know how much they mean to you. I invite you to write a letter to the people who are negative. Ask them to be your teacher. Why? Wow. Why would I ask you to invite someone who you think is a negative person to be your teacher? A lot of times our greatest teachers are those that have created the most contrast, the most negative feelings, or the most positive feelings in our lives. On the negative end, the stronger the negative, the bigger rocket of desire you just launched. (laughs) (laughs) Bingo! As you start looking at the people on your timeline, what do they mean to you? What kind of teacher are they? How have they shaped you? As we get into these final steps of the timeline, we're really going to begin to look at that person you are right now and how you got shaped to be that way. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.